You're listening to Nonprofit Unplugged with your host, the number one nonprofit lady, Shakira Relaford. This show teaches you how to start and grow your nonprofit with ease. Simply put, this is Nonprofit Made Easy. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back to Nonprofit Unplugged. It's your number one nonprofit lady here, Shakira. And I have my new friend here on the show. I'm so excited. His name is Eric Ressler. He is the founder and creative director at Cosmic, which is a social impact creative agency. You're going to learn so much about this soon. I'm excited. Cosmic totally empowers social impact organizations to catalyze real world change by helping them nail their impact story. You know, I always love a good storytelling, (laughs) right? storytelling skill here and helped you use your story to build the brand awareness and inspire action, right? You want those donors to give, you got to have an impactful story for them to connect with. And that is one thing Eric is obviously an expert in. Okay. Um, He got his start in design way early on, uh, very young age after leaving a design program in San Diego early to pursue freelance work. He cut his teeth running a freelance business in a digital design space. You are a brave soul, my friend. After organically building a strong roster of clients, he discovered a passion for the social impact and philanthropic space. Through working with numerous organizations across the sector, he found that the their mission and visions are strong, but their efforts are very much ineffective in communications. So he decided to create Cosmic and he is on the mission to help us save us, <laughs> right? From having an unsuccessful and sustainable nonprofit. So without further ado, we have Eric. Hi, welcome to the show. Thanks, Shakira. Thanks so much for having me on. No problem. All right, so tell everybody. I know I gave uh, you know, the formal introduction, but tell everyone who you are. Who's Eric? So, how do I start this? Um, I'm a creative, uh, I'm a father, I'm a musician, and I'm passionate about social impact and making a difference and trying to create a world that can be more sustainable, that can be more equitable, and can be more awesome for all of us. So, tell us about Cosmic more in depth what 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 inspired you i mean i know I, I what i said told everybody but what deep down what was yet what was that journey like for you the journey was unintentional meandering and kind of based on fumbling upward i guess is the way that i would describe it so <laughs> that's a good thing that's a good way to look at it yes <laughs> <laughs> you know when i i always at, at a young age kind of thought it would be really cool to run an agency to be in the creative field professionally because i had so much passion for creativity and it just it seemed like a really cool career path to pursue but i never really thought i would actually do it um and i didn't set out with some kind of business plan or any kind of formal structure around doing that because I'm curious and because I like to tinker, I like to learn, I like to explore and experiment. Um, I just kind of found myself doing this work for friends, for, for bands that I was in for fun. Um, and then eventually professionally as a freelancer getting hired to do, you know, digital design, website design, and really just kind of being open to anything that came my way and learned a lot. Um, through doing really bad work at first and then slowly the work got better um and 
I got better at managing and dealing with how to be professional, how to run a business, how to you know uh, effectively show up for clients and make sure that the designs and the solutions that I was designing um, were effective in making an impact for the businesses that they were trying to start. And ultimately, that led to the point where I needed help. I couldn't do it all on my own. Um, I was too busy. I was trying to do too much. I was doing the parts I didn't like to do. And it became clear that I needed to, you know, uh, employ some folks for some help. Other designers at first, developers, uh, folks that could help with kind of the financial business side of things, HR. And that kind of grew organically over time. Um, We've been different sizes as an agency. This will be our 13th year that we're going into now. So been at it for a bit. Oh, Um, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, there's been many humps along the way. Mm-hmm. We kind of got over the standard seven-year hump and then fell into a pandemic pretty quickly <laughs> after. So that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say that not everyone had to go through that at one level or another. And certainly some businesses much more directly than we did. But it's been a wild ride for the last couple of years. That's for sure. Um, I, I think essentially, though, it got to a point where as a firm, we were about seven years old and we'd made a lot of progress, but we were starting to feel... Like we had to figure out how to own a niche of our own, to put a stake in the ground and to differentiate and to specialize a little bit. And that's what really led to social impact is our focus. Because in the early days, we were really doing a lot of B2B work, B2C work, a lot of startup work, being kind of based near Silicon Valley and having a lot of relationships with organizations doing that kind of work. Mm-hmm. And we we kind of, at, at the same time, we we're doing a lot of work in social impact, working with nonprofits and funders and some social enterprises, and always really enjoyed that work and saw real potential for our own meaningful connection to that work, always feeling like the team could get behind that work uh, in a much deeper way than, you know, designing brands for the next, you know, B2B analytics dashboard, which, you know, we need B2B analytics dashboards, nothing against those folks, but it just wasn't getting us quite as excited as some of the work we were doing in the social impact space. We also saw a real need in the social impact space for design and for communications and for technology and felt that a lot of times those organizations had a desire to do that work, knew that they needed to do that work better to be effective, but didn't have the in-house expertise or capacity to do that work on their staff. And so we felt really strongly that we had a lot to offer to the space in terms of just supporting organizations and kind of challenging the space to really up the game across the board around what the bar looks like for design and communications and technology for social impact and really searching for the answer to the question, what place does design and technology have in creating a bigger social impact for all of us? You know, and that's so, I'm so glad that you brought that up because you want to meet with clients one-on-one and I'm kind of trying to work with them. I try, right? I'm trying to work with them to understand the importance of their story. So every time I meet, especially like I just have, I just um, got a new client actually this morning and I told her, we're going to sit down and we're going to meet, we're going to talk. And and she's going to she's going to listen to the show cuz she's listening. She listens to all my episodes. But she she's definitely going to know pretty soon. All right, so tell me your story. What or what story do you want other people to know? What is it that, you know what I mean? Like what high what are those highlights, right? Um that you want people to connect with because that's going to be, right, the driving force. And so being able to effectively communicate that though is where 
I would say we too, because I'm an executive director of my own nonprofit. And I had to sit down just a few months ago with a uh, fundraising team, campaign team. And I was like, this isn't working. <laughs> this isn't working. What we have isn't working. We need to, we need to kind of sit down and flesh out what it literally looks like. What does, how is that move? You know, how is the social impact going to really move the needle? I want this result, right? How are we going to get there? And I think a lot of us as, as, you know, execs, executive, you know, leaders, whatever, we, we lose sight of the how part because we know it has to get done. We know what the end goal is supposed to look like. But all the fluff in between gets lost or convoluted or isn't executed right. Or we we, we don't think about a lot of those things that um, we see as barriers, but are really they're what actually is the infrastructure to what we, we want to say. And I think it's important that you have you you're here and you started that and creative is or creative cosmic is doing the work. You know what I'm saying? Um and I, I really, really, I really am appreciative of that work. Trust me. <laughs> I, <laughs> I do you. appreciate that. What you mm-hmm. just shared is so mm-hmm. um, common and in different ways. I think mm-hmm. everyone is working on figuring out how they can do a better job of telling their story. And it's interesting because we work with a lot of different clients from a number of different kind of focus areas. We work with funders, we work with nonprofits, we work with um, B Corps. So we we see like a pretty broad spectrum of different types and sizes and, you know, levels of complexity uh, of, of organizations. But across the board, the main unifying thing that we see is that people come to us and they say, we're not doing a good job of telling our story and we need to do a better job of that. And either that's because the story that's being told through communications and marketing is just no longer relevant or accurate because so much has changed and the communication hasn't kept up with the pace of the organization or a pivot or a growth or whatever it is. Um, And it's interesting because when we really dig into that question a little bit more deeply with folks usually there's a reason why the story isn't being told correctly. Um, It's not necessarily just that people are bad storytellers. Um, Sometimes (laughs) that's part of it. Mm -hmm. But usually there's deeper reasons behind it. Um, A couple common ones would be uh, the story is really complicated and it's hard to get into a succinct thing. This Mm -hmm. is probably one of the more common ones that we see. A lot of nonprofits are doing a lot and they're looking at issues from a number of different lenses. They have multiple programs. They have many, many different audiences that are trying to reach and tell stories too. So a common mistake is just is to think that there is a story when actually there's a lot of stories that need to be told to different folks in, in many cases. And so we oftentimes are helping our clients understand who are your different audiences? How do you segment those audiences in a, in a way that's practical And how do you develop some key message points and key stories or mini stories that are crafted specifically for that audience and their needs and the asks that you have for them? So that's a common thing that we're helping um, clients understand and to navigate. And, And what's interesting is sometimes when you're deep in the work and you see all the different angles, you see all the different connections, you see where things have been, where things are and where things are going it's almost like you lose sight of the the bigger picture or you're unable to kind of 
step outside of your own box and understand like how the way that you're describing things is coming across to people who aren't doing the same work all the time every day. And so us coming in fresh, we're able to say, you know, you say this thing, but that doesn't actually make any sense to us. And, you know, we're not experts in, in your particular field necessarily, but you know, donors aren't necessarily experts in your field either, right? They just care about the cause or sometimes even partners or funders, whatever it is. So I think that just having an outside perspective is a big part of that, but really dialing in what is the story or these stories? How can you tell them more effectively? And then how do you make sure that you have the right workflows, infrastructure, tools, practices, processes in place to keep that story going and to produce content and opportunities to share that story and to get people from being unaware to aware, engaged and sustained in supporting the work that you guys are doing. Mm, So good. So, so, so good. Let's just cut to it. Let's just get to it because I am really curious to know two. Okay. Two things. It's a two parter. (laughs) Number one, um, why should we even invest in, in, as a social impact, you know, organization, why should we invest in telling our story? Number one, you, you hit, you, you've highlighted a little bit, but like, what, what would be like the key thing? Like it's the biggest, the most important reason is blah, blah, blah. Right. And, and then two, where do you see the future of, of, this digital space going as it relates to the social impact of the storytelling. You know what I mean? Sure. Uh, so, okay. How's like, did that make sense? <laughs> yeah, it totally does. So let me answer that by introducing kind of a new concept that mm-hmm. frames the way that we think about all of this work in a more oh, holistic way. So yes, I think that would be helpful. So the, the concept is something called the attention economy. And this is something that we didn't invent, but that we've, observed and we believe really strongly and that affects kind of how we approach our work. And so just to define it briefly, because of technology and because of the internet and the digital era that we're in, there's this huge amount of information that we're all bombarded by every single day now through our digital devices, through our phones, through our email inboxes, through our social channels. And this is a relatively new phenomenon, right? I mean, like even 20 years ago, most people were getting information through print news media, TV news media, friends and family, right? The pace of information, the amount of information, the number of sources of information was all a lot more slow, consolidated, and um, that's just changed a lot. And so, mm-hmm. whereas if you even kind of rewind the clock back even further, information used to be scarce, like not everyone even had access to it. And that's still true to a degree these days, but not even close to how it was 20, 30, 50, 100, 200 years ago. And so now we're in this, we have kind of the opposite problem. Information is abundant. It's free. It's flowing. Most people have access to more information they know what to do with, more distractions. And so we're all overwhelmed essentially with information. And what that means as a nonprofit leader or a social impact organization is that cutting through all of that noise and capturing people's attention, standing out, sustaining attention, getting people to act um, to support your organization is becoming harder in certain ways. It's easier than ever 
to get in front of people, but it's harder than ever to get their attention. And so this idea of the attention economy really kind of frames our whole point of view around how we approach that work. So if you believe that and you know whether or not you believe it, it's what's happening, right? So whether or not you're playing the game, you're in it. Um, then that kind of starts to lead to some, in our opinion, kind of clear answers around how you should structure your communications and your strategy for content. And so I think one of the first things that we believe really strongly in from that is as a social impact organization, building a strong brand and nurturing that brand over time becomes incredibly important. And I would expand upon that to say a strong brand today means to a degree, a bold brand, an unexpected brand, a Mm -hmm. different brand, a brand Mm -hmm. that's distinct, that's memorable, that people that stops people. You know, uh, we have this concept of scroll stopping experiences that people, they might be scrolling through their inbox or their feed. Like what, can you do that will get them to stop and pay attention to what you're doing and not in a gimmicky way, but in a, an authentic way, in a creative mm-hmm. way. And I think that's largely what we're helping our clients figure out how to do. And it's different for different clients. So from there, building a very strong brand is critical because if that isn't done, um, then the rest of it can't work so well. And when I say brand, I'm talking about brand with a capital B, not brand as in, you know, a logo and your colors. And yes, those things uh, are part of a brand identity system and they're important. And we spend a lot of time and effort crafting those things to be distinct, but really how you show up in the world, how you communicate, how you act, what you say, what you don't say, all right. of those elements are critical the experience. to building the experience. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And making that consistent regardless of who on your team is publishing. Um, so, you know, having that all dialed in is, is kind of critical from there the other big concept that kind of stems from this idea of the attention economy is a need for social impact organizations to start to think and act like digital media companies alongside the more boots on the ground programmatic work that they're doing. And so one of the problems that we see sometimes is that organizations get very hyper-focused on their core, what they call their core work, their program work, um, which is, great. And that work, of course, is really critical. But in order to be a sustainable organization coming into 2023 here, when we're recording this podcast, you need to also have a very strong digital arm to your work, a very strong content arm to your work, because that's how we communicate in 2023. And if you can build up a strong muscle there as an organization on top of a strong brand, understanding the overall concept of the attention economy, then you can start to break through. You can start to capture people's attention. You can start to educate them, advocate for your cause. You can start to ask people to take actions that are important for your organization, whether that's donating, volunteering, showing up, protesting, petitioning, whatever the actions are that are relevant to your organization. And if you don't break through that, you know, uh, what we have this concept of the engagement pyramid, the very bottom of that pyramid that we want to move people up is moving someone from unaware to aware and then moving someone from aware to interested and from interested to participating and getting people up that engagement pyramid is really critical to leveraging all of the work you all are doing and getting a a movement, a coalition, a, a, a group of folks helping you so that it's not only on your staff and your board to do the work. That's the beauty. (laughs) <laughs> That's the beauty of it. Um, I'm glad you said that. I think uh, I think a lot of people, again, uh, this is the fluff in between eight and Z that 
kind of gets ignored or doesn't really get talked about much because um, we're not thinking about how the brand is connected to the story, vice versa. You can't have one without the other, right? You, you can't, and you can't, you can't talk about one without the other. Not that you're talking like, here's our brand, you know, but like it, it's going to, it's infectious, right? It's going to come out. And you know what? I never thought about it until now. Like, wow, we really are such a, a thirsty, attention-seeking world, right? Like if it ain't, if you, if you can't wow me in five seconds, it's, it's, it's a dunner. Um, yeah. So yeah, I am glad that y'all are already ahead of curve and been around for, you said 13 years, right? Yeah. Going on 13, started in 2009. Man. And I can remember 2009, hell, I was a freshman in college in 2009. Technology was nowhere near what it was now. <laughs> So yeah, yeah, you y'all have um have been sustainable. Uh and I I I am total I can't wait to refer you guys to people. I can't, I just can't wait. All right. So last question. Do you feel like you're fulfilling your life's purpose? Yeah, just a small question to end here, right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think the short the short answer is I'm on my way to it. I don't know that you're ever done with that, um, or at least that's my perspective on it, is that part of my life's purpose is to stay curious, to keep learning, to evolve, to, to change over time. Um, I feel like between the work that I get to do in the social impact space professionally and other really important and equally, if not more important elements to my life's purpose are being fulfilled as well through family, um, you know, having children and being able to show up for them authentically. And, and although I, you know, run an agency and uh, spend a lot of time and effort and energy there, I'm also really intentional, intentional to make sure that I have um, other elements of my life that I care about, that I can nurture, that I can enjoy and be inspired by and spark joy from because if you get too deep in this work and I'm sure a lot of your audience can resonate with this when you care deeply about social impact whatever that lens is for you it can become all consuming and and sometimes the scale of the issues that we're working on are urgent are important and it's important to care and to put effort in but the near enemy of caring about that is if you put all you have into it all the time, suddenly you actually stop being effective and you start to burn out and you start to get apathetic about it or just not as efficient as you could be. And so what I've learned is that having a good balance between showing up fully, authentically, and in a rested, healthy state even if you're working less hours or even if you're doing less things, but doing those things really well is critical. And I'm not going to sit here and pretend I've got that figured out at all, but that's the journey that I'm on. And I know that when I have a balanced life and that the work that I do professionally and the, the care that I have for the social impact space is in balance with the rest of my life, then I feel more fulfilled and I feel more effective and more meaningful in the work when I do apply my efforts there. Beautiful. This was fun. This was so fun. Thank you for um, being here and hanging out with us and really, really resonating with that story, building that brand and 
getting the results. Like, and, and so I am so excited that you're here. Thank you so much. Tell everybody where we can find you or how can we like literally jump on board with Cosmic? Well, first of all, thanks so much for making the space and inviting me on the show. Enjoy the conversation and, and getting to meet you. Um, we have a website, which is really the place to go for any and all things. I'll point to a couple specific places on the website um, and then give you the URL at the end. So one is we published a manifesto that kind of talks about some of these concepts that we talked about here and expands upon them. Um, definitely check that out on the website. It's one of the top links in the in the top navigation bar. We also have a, an insight section of our site that has a lot of free resources for anyone who believes in this work and wants to start to get it going on their own. Um, we publish articles, white papers, um, free downloads and and toolkits and all kinds of stuff that um, across a number of topics from branding to messaging to digital to communications, all the work that we do and some of the things that we've learned along the way. And that's a great way to get started if you're still fundraising for this work or you're still you're just getting your feet off the ground and want to start to get these ideas into practice. So definitely want to point people there as well. Again, it's the insights tab. You can find it on the top navigation. Um, and then, of course, if anyone is interested in bringing a creative partner on and think that we might be a good fit, we're always open to initial conversations. There's a contact page on our site, a short form you could fill out, and then someone on our team will get back to you right away. And the URL for our website is designedbycosmic.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. And you guys know where to find me. All the links will be in the show notes, by the way, or the link, the main link, right? Will be in the show notes. The website is dope, by the way. Like if you're not, if you don't go to the website and you're not feeling led and inspired, I think you need a checkup. Something is seriously wrong. Their website is amazing. And I love it, by the way. Um, Thank you. But <laughs> you know where you can find me and reach me. You can find me on LinkedIn at Shakira Relaford. You can definitely find, um, me in my email or really in your email head over to nonprofitunplug.com join the email list you get all of the freebies the the sneak peeks to grant funding and all the other other cool stuff that's happening in the nonprofit world thank you so much y'all know what to do if this was inspirational to you or someone you know please do me a favor and share it costs nothing to share this but it could cost everything for your business and organization if you don't take action so take action y'all um we love y'all and as always we can't wait to see you on top thanks eric thanks so much it was such, such a blast being on here yes you've been listening to Nonprofit unplugged please rate and comment this show for more amazing content 